Henley came awake sucking in a huge gulp of air. Huff had returned. The emptiness had crushed him, and his sobbing had grown so bad the coin had called for a devotee to bring a special blend of sleep tea and Hanos oil. The liquid had gone down hot and thick, but Henley had welcomed the numbness it had brought. But now that was gone, and the return of the bond shot him to his feet. Huff was very far away, but he could feel the bond. Never do that again, he sent with all his might. He wiped sleep and tears from his eyes. I woke Nax as you commanded. Huff's voice was faint. Kyla is free. The storm grows worse. Storm. That's what that raging sound was. He'd thought it an aspect of his own confusion, perhaps the rush of blood in his ears. But no, the trees outside his hut were bent over, and a driving rain pounded the world. The hatch in the floor of his hut lifted. Spin Helene peeped in, her wavy hair wildly askew. Good, you're awake. You must come down. The huts aren't safe during storms this strong. As if the gods wished to emphasize this, the hut swayed, floor tilting. The spinster squawked and disappeared. Henley clambered after her. Outside, gripping the ladder to descend, he was nearly blown free. He had to slide down and hope the spinster had gotten out of the way. Water streamed down his face, and his body was instantly soaked. The lash wounds on his back rebelled with every motion. The sky was charcoal-colored and streaked with whirling gray clouds. Flashes of lightning flared among them. The canopy of the surrounding trees waved like hard-blown seas. The spinster gripped his hand and pulled. He followed her through the skin-burning wind, leaning forward and shielding his face with one hand. Each raindrop stung like a thrown pebble. But he didn't care. Huff had returned. What did you do? he sent. The spinster led him toward the path that ascended toward the falls. He saw the wisdom in it. There were many caves along the cliffs that way. Other spinsters and devotees were joining them, struggling forward against the blast of the fell storm. I joined Nax, Huff sent. It was clear from the feeling of annoyance coming through the bond that Huff didn't have the words to describe what he'd done, but it had worked. Where's Kyla? Loose, hunted. Ahead of him, a spinster moaned. So much power. How can one person have so much? The path curved toward the cliffs, to the mouth of a cave. The vertical crack, aglow with warm light, beckoned to him. Who is hunting Kyla? Henley sent. Who doesn't? That was a fair point. Henley felt the same way about himself, but he needed more answers. Is Ragin helping? Is Quinn? No. Yes. From far off came a clap of thunder that shook the ground. But it hadn't been thunder from the storm, but a great impact upon the earth. A spinster had stopped in the path and was holding her head. It's too much! It was Spin Rippa. Helene collected her and they continued into the dry safety of the cave. The entrance narrowed and wound through several bends. The wind became a constant low howl, as if a god played upon a horn the size of the world. Dripping and chilled, 
Henley staggered to a brazier where several devotees and spinsters were warming themselves. He tugged off the queller. Instantly, the mercusine crackled with power. To the south, a great chorus of it thrummed upon the subtle world. To Henley, it was not as difficult to tolerate as it was for the Merculins around him, perhaps a benefit of the Hargath's experiments. He handed the queller to spin Rippa, who seemed to be suffering the most. Put it on. You need it more than I do. The woman shook so badly she dropped it. Henley stopped it from rolling away by stomping on it. He collected it and placed it on Rippa's finger. With a moan of relief, she embraced him, weeping. Henley Mast, the coin called. She tromped toward him, her fists bald, her stern gaze fixed upon him. What transpires? That storm you feel on the Mercus is Dunyeeple's. The woman's mouth moved as she struggled to comprehend that one person could be the source of so much power. A strangled look crossed her face, as if she now realized something she should have seen before. And where is Kyla? My beloved one has returned his bond to me. Kyla is free, but she is hunted. Where is she, exactly? Huff, where is Kyla? An image flashed of Ori's home. She's at Ori's home. She must come north. When she gets to the wall marking the northern extent of Ori's fifth, she must climb it. Then she must run as fast as she can across the Ash Baron to the next wall. Once she climbs it, she'll be in Paul's fifth, and we may be able to shield her. She didn't sound particularly convinced of this last part. And Henley didn't blame her. Dunipal's power was so vast that his very presence glowed like the sun. Henley wondered if the power he'd fed the man had somehow accumulated, filling him the way the butcher used to inflate pig bladders to entertain children. Have Nax tell Kyla to find the northern wall and go over it, he sent to Huff. He didn't get an answer. Huff felt tired, beyond tired, just as Henley did. A devotee handed him a dry robe. He wiped his face with it and looked down the passage toward the entrance and the world beyond where the fell storm reigned. Is there a path to the south wall from here? He asked the coin. The woman shook her head. Don't be a fool. Henley laughed through his nose. A feeling of sadness cloaked him now, familiar and comfortable. He had been running from Kyla and her whirlwind of danger for months. And look where it had gotten him. Right back into it. Perhaps he had pushed against the force of destiny too long. Maybe now he would be better off letting it carry him to his fate. If it was a bad fate, better to have it done with. If you go, the whipping will have been for nothing, the coin hissed in his ear. She gripped her medallion. Her eyes were wide and urgent. I spun on you. Paul has plans for you. I'm sure of it. You spun for yourself. You saw. And what if her plan is for me to help Kyla sigh this very night? She removed her medallion, whispered to it, and flipped it. The goddess's faces flashed in the brazier light, and the metal sang out a high-pitched ring as it turned in the air. It clanked onto the stone floor of the cave, not on edge, but flat on one side. 
it didn't bounce, but stuck to the floor as if the downward face were covered with glue. Paul's face frowned up at all who bent to look. The coin considered this result for a moment, then barked out, Bring a satchel of food and an oil cloak. She turned her heavy stare on Henley. Our prince is leaving us this night. I would not send him out unprotected.